Welcome to Humanly Possible, a vlog and podcast series focused on the game-changing potential of creating human-centric workplaces. Today's conversation is with Brianna Jackson. Brianna is the founder and CEO of The Refining Company, a firm focused on helping individuals and teams activate their office confidence through learning and development. She's worked with organizations like Kaiser Permanente to create talent pipeline programs that are innovative, sustainable, and inclusive. We discuss her expertise and personal experiences around the distinction between mentorship and sponsorship in the workplace and the importance of sponsorship for those who are traditionally underrepresented and underserved in the workplace. Welcome, Brianna. How are you? Welcome to Humanly Possible. Thank you. I'm well, Angela. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so great to hear from you. Uh, thank you for joining us. And I'm excited to hear about all the insights we're going to get from you today. Um, tell us a little bit. I, I know Brianna because we've worked together, which is um, Brianna, the, the rock star, the uh, <laughs> extraordinaire, but tell everybody else who you are, um, Brianna, the human, and then also Brianna, um, the professional, what you do professionally, what, what, what your purpose-driven work is about. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, thank you um, for that. Uh, Brianna, the human, I, I mean, I always, honestly, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, a sister four times over, right? Like I am just a very simple person who is just, you know, excited about everything in life. That's me. Like personally, professionally, I consider myself to be the people's champ. Like, honestly, I um, believe that like all people, exactly, that all people are brilliant and with the right tools at the right time, they can really um, show up well at work and do the things that they are destined to do. And it's that, you know, belief that I have in others that makes me so excited about the work that I do and get paid for right now, which is working for Kaiser Permanente uh, in the learning and development space as a talent management strategy consultant for the Washington region. Um, but beyond that, I'm super excited about some uh, personal professional, you know, things that I'm doing where I'm days away from launching um, a new business called The Refining Company that's an intellectual asset development firm focused on helping individuals and teams um, unearth that hidden potential and turn that potential into performance. So some learning and development, you know, workshops and some thought partnership with large and small businesses. So really excited, but all of it is centered around um, helping people be their best, which I'm really excited about all the time. That's wonderful. Well, congratulations on the pending launch. Um, we here at Humanly Possible will be sure to uh, promote and um, bring some insight into your, your new company, which is directly aligned with what our conversations are typically about, which is unleashing human potential, finding human potential, making, play, uh, making workplaces more human-centric. So, you know, you talk a lot about people within workplaces, and what does that actually, you said a little bit about you said a little bit about potential and human potential, but what does a human-centric workplace look like for you? Like if you could, if you could describe an ideal human-centric workplace, what does that look like for you? 
Yeah. So considering the fact that I work in the, the healthcare space, I like to act like I know a little bit about biology, which I really don't. But, you know, I was thinking about this idea of like, what I do remember and understand is about like symbiotic relationships, right? And there is one specific that's called mutualism, which given the title, you probably know what that means. But it's this idea about the partnership that both of the species are um, benefiting from the relationship. And when I think about human-centric workplaces, it's exactly that. It's this mutually beneficial space, and it's a less about hierarchy and more about working together to accomplish the goals. So I love Cy Wakeman. And she talks about this idea about putting egos to the side and really um, asking the question, what does great look like? And I love that question. And I think the, the ideal human-centric space is that anyone can feel comfortable answering that question regardless of where they sit in the organization. Because really and truly, back to you know this podcast, your platform, my platform, is that we're humans before we have titles. Like titles are what we put on, but we are people first with ideas that matter and um, and experiences that are that that really need to be heard. And so my understanding of your title shouldn't stop me from feeling comfortable sharing my experience and my perspective. And your acknowledgement of my title shouldn't stop you from asking me what I think. And so when we're working together, we have an opportunity to really say, forget the title, forget the ego, let's be people and let's get work done to be able to help both the organization and us as individuals. That's wonderful. I, I love the, the relationship you mentioned between uh, you know, putting aside ego, putting aside hierarchy and, you know, I mean, we say this all the time, but treating people like, like humans, we're, we're, we are not bringing just a piece of us to work, right? We're bringing the whole human to work. So you can't, you can't take that out of the equation. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today, because you and I have had lots of great conversations and we've had also some experiences uh, with uh, mentorship and sponsorship in the workplace. So those are, you know, mentors, mentees, those are all titles that you know come up in the workplace programs are created for mentorship programs but one of the things i'm really really passionate about is merging that with sponsorship so i don't know if everyone really knows the difference um so maybe tell us uh first of all how can sponsorship raise the bar on mentorship and then what what are the difference differences between the two yeah so I love this question because I actually get asked it a lot when I'm, you know, working with people and like, well, I need a mentor, but I think I need a sponsor. Like, what is, what is that? And when I think about mentorship, I think about the gift being the knowledge that that person is uh, imparting to another person. So if you are my mentor, um, your gift that you're giving to me is your level of experience, your level of understanding. Um, a lot of those conversations are when I was in your p position, I did X, Y, Z. Um, when I, if I were you, I'd consider this or I'd consider that. Sponsorship sees me as the gift. So sponsorship sees, Angela sees me as a gift and says, I want to share Brianna with other people because I think she's fabulous. I think she's wonderful. She's capable and she's brilliant and she needs to get to that next level. So I'm going to gift her like to the world. 
And I think that that's really the, the difference is that it's not just about, well, if I was in your place, I would do this. I recognize the place that you're in. So I'm going to do this to be able to get you to the next space that you want to be. And so I, I, I truly believe that, that everyone can or should be a mentor and have a mentor. That's really easy. Um, that's table stakes for you to be able to have this like 10% edge over somebody else. Um, the example that I use often is that um, I don't need to know calculus to be able to help you with algebra one. I just need to be at least in algebra two. So just a little bit beyond you to be able to impart some wisdom or some knowledge to be able to help you. But a sponsor is a person who has influence. And then I am able to say, you don't understand this math. I need to, I'm gonna change the book. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the test or we're going to make it an open book test to be able to make sure you can get what you need. And so when we're looking at the differences, um, not everyone has the capacity to be a sponsor because they don't have the level of influence it takes to be able to really take you as a gift to the next level that you need to go. Sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of, a lot of folks think about mentorship and sponsorship as I mean, naturally, if you think about influence, right, you think of someone who may be in a leadership position or an executive position, but, you know, there, there, there are hidden influencers in organizations that aren't at a leadership level. So it's back to your point about the uh, symbolic mutual uh, relationship. Um, I guess if, if I'm someone who's thinking, well, I can't be a sponsor, I can't be a mentor, what do you what do you say what do you say to that what what can you do to put yourself in a position to be a mentor or a sponsor yeah i think the you know i think we we've probably all done them but some type of like let, draw a circle like you know who do you influence in the circle is like is is that thing because i even at my organization um i'm an individual contributor um i think people think that i might be somebody different but but no i have no direct reports mm -hmm. um but the circles that i'm in i have been given informal leadership roles that have allowed me to be able to call other people in and give them a chance or an opportunity to do whatever it is that they want to do. And so before somebody stops himself from thinking, well, I can't be a sponsor. I really encourage them to think about what spaces are you in? Who's listening to you when you're speaking about anything or are your ideas getting heard? Um, quick example that I'll, that I'll share, and I don't know if this is so much sponsorship as it is helping to elevate others, but we recently in the Washington region for, for KP did our 20 year celebration for our employees. So just mm -hmm. imagine you started the organization in 2000 and now in 2020 celebrating 20 years. So that's fun. Um, and we had a Zoom, you know, a Zoom party for them, complete with a party in the box, super exciting. And I was asked to be the, you know, the MC for the event. There was a lot of work that went on behind the scenes for people to, you know, show up and be great and for me to just be spot on and do what I did. When our regional president sent out her kudos and her congratulations, she named me specifically as Brianna, you made that event saying, and I said, you know what, thank you. And I would not have been able to do that without and specifically named the people mm -hmm. so that 
my president has an understanding that I do not do things by myself. And so if there's ever a need for MC, yeah, call me. But if you need the tech support, if you need the music, if you need the other things, there are these people that you need to consider that are not me because I had nothing to do with that. And so I think this idea about like, where do you influence? I have the ear of somebody who is an executive who is giving kudos, but I have the, the, the wherewithal to know that the kudos that you're providing to me are, are, are really, you know, not the thing that really should be celebrated. So I think it's also important for, you know, for you to recognize where can you also elevate other people's voices or perspectives that will then also seem as if it's more of a sponsorship than a mentor. I'm not telling those people that they're great and awesome. Well, I am, but I'm not, you know, telling them, well, you should try this next time, but I'm going to where I have a little bit of influence to say, don't forget about these people who are really important in this work. Hmm. Yeah, and that's um, that's a really important piece. Is in, in that in that position in that in that sphere, right? Talk about sphere of influence. You had a lot of it, and you use it for good, <laughs> which I think is another uh, is another characteristic of sponsorship. Is nobody nobody gave you a handbook to say this is this is what. Um, uh, sponsorship looks like in this situation. I feel like with mentorship, oftentimes we think of programs, right? You get matched with a person, you talk to them over a period of time, but sponsorship to me is more of a mentality. It's, it's more of a, you know, I'm going to lift others up with me. And I, like you said, I loved what you said about your, you want to share that person with the world. You really want to put them in spaces where they are going to be able to be influencers. And I feel like it almost, it becomes, it, it, it becomes a pattern, right? You do it with one person and then that person does it with somebody else. And it creates a really fantastic ecosystem yes. uh, within an organization. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think it's, um, it's intentional, right? Like, like just as mentor programs are intentional because you've created this structure and we're going to meet every week and we're going to do this and do that. I think there's also a level of intentionality that goes into sponsorship because there are some keys to that. There are these pieces that are required for you to be an active sponsor. I mean, you can look it up on, you know, any article and say, you know, I read something recently that said, Sponsors need to stop acting like mentors. Like, you know, that I'm just, you know, oh my gosh, I just want to share with you. And please do share with me. Yeah, no, that's, that's a fantastic point. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, those who are underrepresented or, or underserved in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So how important is sponsorship in particular with that group? I think we've agreed that it's important for all groups, but for those who have been underserved or underrepresented in the workplace or in a space or in a team, what, why is sponsorship so important? Yeah, I think sponsorship is really important in that group because we, we all know that we have biases, right? Like that's just, you know, inherently we just, we can't get away from them. Um, but the affinity bias is like a really, like, that's a really big deal, right? Like this idea of that, like, oh, you're like me. So I need to like bring you along and have you come with me. What's dangerous about that is that a lot of our, you know, executive level spaces and roles are filled by, you know, older white men. And so if, 
I'm going to only, you know, sponsor those that look like me then. And I, I can't say that for myself because I'm, you know, a, a younger black, you know, woman, but you know, imagine me as an older white man, if I am, you know, only sponsoring people that look like me, that I'm creating, like, honestly, like generations of like sameness in organizations that can possibly and more than likely breed the same type of, you know, mentality and practices that are not going to be as inclusive as we would want them to be. And so it's important for us to really check that bias and be careful about only bringing people along that look like us. And again, it's hard for me to say look like us because yes, I need to find all the young black women that I can to bring them up with me. But again, think of me differently. But it's really important for us to really um, get to that place where when we talk about diversity, when we talk about equity, when we talk about inclusion, like these are like those, those now buzz phrases that are, you know, what, however you arrange the acronyms at, at KP, it's EID for us, equity, mm -hmm. inclusion, and diversity. I know it's DEI for others and whatever the case may be, but it's important to really think about what is the future of work look like and what do I want it to look like? And if I'm in a position to be able to create the future that I want, I have to, again, be intentional about going to seek out the people that probably do not look like me or the rest of this boardroom right now. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, it's incredibly important for us to really, um, again, I'll always say unearth, uh, but to, to really unearth the, the, the potential that people have by going to seek them out in spaces that they would not necessarily be able to access on their own. Yeah, I, uh, I love what you said because it is really about, it's also about designing space, redesigning spaces and redesigning, uh, providing space and redesigning spaces <laughs> because, you know, I continue to have the, the conversation about uh, how institutions like education, like the workplace, uh, were not created for people like you and me. Right, and that over generations uh, compiles and it truly influences every single piece of the experience. And so, I think if we are being intentional about ensuring that we're bringing people into spaces, but we're also designing the space for them, I think those two things are really important because you can bring diversity all you want, but if the ecosystem isn't working in their favor, you're setting them up to fail. So I feel like sponsors also have a huge responsibility to help design, like you said before, help design and help um, dismantle in some cases things that aren't working. Absolutely. You know, I, I think about, yes, they have a responsibility to dismantle, to, to redesign, but co-create. I think yes. this idea of being able to say, not just, I know what you need, but this idea of help me understand what it is that would help you be more comfortable. Yes. You know, um, Timothy Clark talks about, you know, the four stages of psychological safety. And that first stage is about um, just, just belonging, like this idea of being able to just, because I exist, because I'm a human, that you accept, accept me as I am. 
if I don't have the confidence that you just accept me as I am to come in and say y'all instead of you all to come in and say, you know, to, to, to say, you know, things my way versus the way that you want me to say them, then we can't get to the next level, which is like this learner safety, which allows me to be able to just like listen and not have to contribute right away. But I just want to know, well, what are the rules of engagement here? Like yeah. what, um, happens when people share and are being vulnerable. Is that rewarded or is that punished? So I need a second to to just kind of look around just to see what it's like. And then I can contribute where I can say, you know what, I was thinking, I had an idea, would love to share. And that last part is about challenger safety. We always want people to come in and buck the status quo. I can't do that if I don't feel comfortable, if you didn't give me time to learn, if you didn't give me time to contribute. Now I'm going to start challenging things. And that's where sponsorship is so critical because that challenger safety piece is where I get my air cover for making comments and my air cover for bringing ideas. And a sponsor has the responsibility to provide not just a safe access for me to get into a space that I might not have been able to get to on my own. They also have the responsibility to be a shield for me. That not just that they let me in the room, but then when I say something and it's a little off brand, they're like, no, 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 give her some time, give her, give her a chance, let her, let her keep going with her idea. And so this idea about dismantling spaces and redesigning them is to say that I, I have the confidence that my sponsor or my person is not just going to say, you're in there, go ahead, but they're going to support me and they're going to shield me um, and help me to be able to be the best person I possibly can be in that space as well. But don't do it for me without co-creating with me to allow me to tell you what it is that I need to be able to make me feel most comfortable to allow that to happen. Yes, great, fantastic distinction. And that's so key because it is it is about um, that sponsor just listening for, for a good period of time, just understanding how how to sponsor you, <laughs> you know, how to make that the best experience and the most fruitful for that individual, for that human. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. So we're kind of going into personal experiences here. I, I know you you've shared you shared a story. You shared some good examples. So uh, what are your personal experiences with sponsorship and what did the relationship look like? Like kind of walk us through how that came to be and, and what it looked like. Yeah, well, you're in this story. So this, I love, I love telling it. So I had um, an experience, well, well, I've been in the Washington region now with Kaiser Permanente for two years, but I've been with the organization for four years. And I um, was a subject matter expert on some on some work. And so I got a call um, one day from an intern in the Washington region who said, hey, uh, you're the person. I know you're the person because somebody told me the person that you were the person to, you know, help me with this work. And I was like, well, tell me a little bit more. And I had already talked to my husband. We were interested in relocating to the Washington, um, you know, uh, the Puget Sound area. And I was like, I'm waiting for my chance. And my husband's like, you got a little bit more time before we start looking at another organization. And, um, and I get this call and, and uh, they're, you know, asking me questions about this work. And I was like, tell me a little bit more. Like, why are you interested in this work? And, you know, they're like, well, we're, I'm building a business case for a position for somebody to do, you know, job shadow, pipeline programming, internship work. And I heard that you're the person, you know, in Northwest. 
And I was like, well, tell me a little bit more. Are you interested in this position? Or, you know, what year are you in school, right? Like, I want to know if I'm taking your job or if you're going to give me one. And, you know, he says, no, I'm going back to school. So I'm building this case for my boss to be able to bring on a person. So I, you know, fast forward, you know, find out who the boss is. Um, and we finish our conversation. I was like, tell, tell your boss that I'll be reaching out. Just, just tell them that. <laughs> and so I do some research, find out that this boss who I never heard of um, is the, the, at the time the new VP of HR, uh, which was uh, Kim Sullivan, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I send her an email, literally just like, I like to call it my Hail Mary email that I sent to say, hey, I heard that you are working on this work. I'd love to get connected with you. Here's my resume. Here's what I do. Uh, Let's meet. Uh, Three months later, I get an email back (laughs) from Kim. So sorry, Uh, we've been really busy. Would love to meet with you. Let's, Let's connect. Um, so after a little bit of, you know, hit and miss, you know, you can't just call an executive on a you know Tuesday at, at noon and hope to reach them. So took a little bit of time for us to get connected. Um, I was able to, you know, go up from Portland to, to meet with Kim in her, you know, Seattle office. And um, she starts whiteboarding with me about all these things that she's got plans for. And I was like, I, she's like, where do you fit? And this is for me, the part that I think is really important about the person wanting to be mentored or wanting to be sponsored. You got to know what you offer, what you bring, what you desire. And that's part of what my business is for is to, you know, help people get clear on that. Um, But I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And if you put me here, I can do it this way. You put me here, I can do it this way. You let me know. And, you know, we ended that conversation with her saying, I really like what you have to offer. Let me work on some stuff and get back to you. And after that, you know, we touched base again. And she was like, I want to introduce you to Angela Howard. And I was like, okay, sure. She's like, I want to introduce you to Angela. Um, I think she'd be great for you to talk to. And, um, you know, she may have some openings on her team. We're doing some reorg. So talk to her and see. And that to me, I think was what I felt was a true uh, experience of a sponsor. That not only did you say, I wanna meet with you and learn about you and figure out where you fit within my vision as an executive, but I want to then think critically about where can I, again, gift the world your presence? And so I then had the opportunity, of course, to meet with you, Angela, and in doing so, um, you know, was just so, again, had the same experience. Well. Brianna, this is what my team is about right now. This is what we're working on. Um, What do you want to do? And having researched your team a little bit, was able to kind of narrow down instead of the whole, here's the grand spiel about all that I can do. Let me say how this specifically works within your realm. And then your conversation with me was, this is great. Let me introduce you to someone on my team that I know has an opening. And that person then became, you know, my supervisor for a year and really um, created this incredible, um, you know, launch pad for my career in the learning and development space. And And I always share with people that, you know, I am now what I consider, what many people consider like a master facilitator. Um, but the night before my interview with, you know, your, um, my, my previous boss, um, I was reading a book about the difference between presenting and facilitating. So mm-hmm. I did not have all the goods, you know, kind of lined out, but I had the people that were, that saw the potential that I had to be able to put me in the right spaces to really be able to, to unlock that.
which was really, really great. So that's my, my favorite sponsorship story um, about, you know, how things have really evolved for me in terms of being able to, you know, I initiated that with Kim. I, I really, truly did, but she then took it the next, you know, um, you know, direction to be able to then help me to say, uh, I, I know some people that I think that would be great. And what I learned from her, or after, even after she left the organization, is that people were saying, Kim has been talking about you so highly since she met you. And that I think really is the true mark of sponsorship that you were able to speak about me in rooms that I have yet to enter, um, to be able to pave the way for me, which I thought was really, really um, critical. And I'm forever grateful to, to Kim for that. And to you as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would consider, consider Kim a sponsor of mine as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just see how uh, the, the mentality and the behavior and the, um, the the responsibility, how that gets baked into the definition of leadership, it, it, it really scales, you know? I mean, I think it's when, you know, I, I consider Kim a, a mentor, a role model, uh, you know, she's mentored me and sponsored me throughout my career. And, 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 and I didn't even know that was possible. You know, I didn't even know leaders were supposed to, you know, early in my career, I didn't know leaders were supposed to act like that. But now I, because I've experienced that from a leader, now as my own leader uh, for myself, I feel like that's a huge responsibility of mine. So I think if we all considered ourselves sponsors in the spaces that we influence, we could do a world of change. Um, and that would just be massive. It would so. be, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it would be incredible to think about that. It's like, where, so people listen to me here. Who else can I bring in? Like people, you know, I mean, I think people are always, you know, looking like, I don't need your seat at the table. I just need you to scoot over, right? Like, I just need you to scoot over and, and just allow me to be able to just like learn from this space. And then when I'm ready to contribute to it, that you're excited for me, right? Like it's that, that going back to that, that people's champ, it's just like, I think you're amazing. Like, I just, I want, I want that for people. And I think that if we all like similar to, to you, to me and to, to Kim and to others, that if we all just walk around with like, who can I support today? Like, yeah. is that my question? like what does great look like who can I support today and you know am I happy like whatever like what are like but what is but you know the third question is you know is optional but you know there's two ideas about like you know when I'm co-creating spaces what does great look like who can I support and maybe something that's a little bit more personal did I read a book I don't know but whatever it is yeah. but it's this idea of like how am I just lifting? You said it earlier, but lifting as I, as I climb, um, there's this concept about like, you know, um, it's like reaching ever upward, like marching ever forward, um, and, and kind of, you know, reaching ever backward or something, this idea about I'm going forward. Yes. I'm still marching on. Yes. But I cannot forget to extend my hand backward to bring people with me. Cause I promise you that just like, um, my sisters and I were in track when we were younger that if you're on a relay, um, the person behind you yells stick and you put your hand back and you trust that they're going to put that baton in your hand for mm -hmm. you to run that, you know, that, that next part of that race. And I promise you that if you put your hand back, there is somebody who's yelling sick and wants to give you something, which is themselves. And they will take it to the, and want you to take them to that next level. So you can do that. I think we all can, if we are intentional about it a great analogy and it, it just goes back to again you don't have to be a leader you don't have to be an executive 
if you have some kind of influence and, and even if it's with a person or a team or a community, I think you are a leader, right? I, I consider leadership as a, as a characteristic and less of a position. Yeah. So for those who, uh, because I think we've talked about a lot today. I mean, we've talked about, you know, how you can individually advocate for yourself to um, uh, be more likely to find sponsors, right? Like, like you did. We also talked about the mentality of the leader, but how does an organization, how, if you could recommend to the business owners who are listening, people who own businesses, entrepreneurs, uh, founders, how can they create a culture of sponsorship and leadership within their organizations? What are some things, tactical things that they can do? Yeah. So I was thinking about this and, and I think there's a couple of things. Um, one, and I know that internships for most people are, are honestly on hold right now. Um, so here's an opportunity for you to redesign, right? Here's an opportunity for you to really look at it that we need to start calling timeout on internships that are really just glorified mentorship sessions. When you have individuals who come into your organization who get a chance to work for a little bit and then it's like good luck back at school or good luck in your life um that's mentorship you have gifted me your organization and a paycheck yes um but an organization and experience but you put me in a in a department that for the last three years has not been hiring you put me in a department that um, was really great and we had a really great time, but there was no additional conversation about whether or not I qualify for the position in this space. And so I think we need to start looking at our intern programs um, and create like almost like um, some, some cycle limits where it's like, Angela, you haven't been hiring for the last three years. So I'm going to deprioritize you getting an intern and get it over to, you know, to Brianna who has a vacancy and we can look at that vacancy to be able to say, well, if you were an intern for six months and you have a, you know, college degree or whatever, you're eligible for this role. Other people outside of our intern program might have to go through a different process, but you, because we, we see you as the gift, we want to create the policy to allow you to be able to like really, you know, come into this organization. I think that's really critical. And again, as executives, we have the opportunity to look at our policies and look at our, um, our, our, our hiring programs to be able to identify where those opportunities are to create some additional spaces. And like you said, rewrite the rules to be able to, to get those people, um, you know, into spaces. Um, if you're not, you know, interested in, in working or, you know, on your intern program, I think it's, you know, really about creating internal databases of, um, you know, for your internal candidates about their, their interests, their skills and their abilities in a non-biased way. So I, I don't know what the, the tech is on that, but being able to say, I don't need your, your name, but I need to know what is, what, is, what are you passionate about? What do you value? What's your work ethic? Uh, what are you interested in doing and contributing to the organization that I as a leader or an executive might be able to go into that database and find a person that I think is um, someone that I could use in this boardroom right now or in this certain role. Um, I think those are really two ways that we can start looking at how to be able to create some, 
some more formality, as we were talking earlier, and intentionality about how to sponsor people. Um, because the idea, just like, yeah, you over there, I think you'd be great. Why don't you come walk with me for the next seven months? Like, that's not, that's not real. But there is something about, um, and I thought about this, like, what are the, like, the three S's of sponsorship, right? Like, one is, like, seeking, right, that I have to intentionally seek out people. And that might mean that I need to spend more time on the, you know, on the front line to be able to learn who these people are. Um, and then I need to support them to be able to, again, use my voice to be able to say, I'm going to mentor you, yes, so that you know how to walk into this space, but I'm going to support the way that you already authentically come. And then I need to shield you. So I need to be able to say, I'm not just going to put you in there and say, okay, you got it, but I'm going to back your play. I'm going to stand behind you figuratively while you're delivering whatever it is that you have to offer. And I think that if our organizations, both large and small, can start getting more intentional about those three things, the seeking, the supporting, and the shielding, then we have a great opportunity to really turn mentoring into the sponsorship it needs to be to co-create the future of work that we want that really makes um, you know, humans like front and center as the gift that they truly are. I love it. And <laughs> that was like the perfect conclusion. Like, I wish I could just wrap that in a little bow and tie it. Beautiful. Brianna, you are so wonderful. Um, thank you so much for um, blessing us with your presence today <laughs> because you are a gift to the world and I appreciate you so much. So thank you for, for joining. Angela, if I can just say, I, when you said, I'm starting a podcast and I was like, I just want to be, I was like, here's a new goal. I just want to be the person. Can I, can I be big enough? Can I be great enough to get to you? And I just am so thrilled that you see me even now as I am enough. And you saw me as that um, when we met a couple of years ago and it is fundamentally just changed even how I see myself. So thank you so much um, for this time and for you know being my shield and my cover. Um, and I just wish you all the best uh, with all of the things that you're doing with Humanly Possible and everything else. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brianna.